Chapter 26 Rescued I continued southwards from Starigrad on a spectacular coastal road that was mountainous and sinewy and that passed lovely seaside villages. The road eventually leveled off and I stood facing a long bridge. The Bora wind, a wind that people here claimed could lift a car, blew strongly that day. Feeling as if it could certainly lift me, I hurried across. Desolate terrain greeted me on the other side. The earth was garishly plowed over and stripped of all vegetation. Chunks of scarred rock littered the ground. I advanced slowly, cautiously, as bunkers on both sides of the road followed my every step. Military barracks, partially blown out and long ago abandoned, stood a lonely vigil. I felt my blood run cold with fear and didn't want to think about what may have happened here. I hurried my step. Although I knew that Croatia had just come out of civil war, I had not seen any evidence of it. This was the first visible scar I had encountered, and I wondered why the Croatians had not healed it. I was welcomed in Zadar, amazed to hear that Alberto had stayed at the same church as I, and continued towards Biograd the next morning. That day's walk was cut short by torrential rains and heavy winds, but I was glad for it because I was feeling unusually lethargic. My head throbbed and every muscle ached. I had no appetite and wondered if I was catching a cold, but couldn't rest since I was at least four days behind Alberto. I trudged to Biograd the following day, desiring nothing more than sleep and checked into a hotel collapsing into bed without even showering. I woke up in the middle of the night, moaning in pain. I was still in my walking clothes and could feel the grime on my face and body. As I took off my shirt, a stabbing pain shot out from my underarms and spread towards my breasts. Its intensity took my breath away and I put my arms down in panic. The pain had never been that intense before. Up until then, my underarms had been sensitive to touch, but I could lift my arms without problem at least. Now, they throbbed as soon as my arms reached waist level. I slipped my shirt off with difficulty and stepped into the shower. I gingerly touched my underarms and felt several large protruding bumps. My head began to spin and my knees to buckle. Worried that I would now pass out, I stepped out of the shower without even washing and quickly dried myself. The mere touch of the towel against my underarms sent needles of pain shooting down my body, and so I left them damp, wrapped myself in the towel, and returned to the room. Sitting beside the heater and through the searing pain, I put on my tights, thick fleece shirt, and wool socks. I took two ibuprofen tablets and crawled into bed but couldn't stop shivering under the blankets. I woke up later that night, kicking the sheets and blanket off. My body was on fire, and beads of sweat rolled down my face and back. My underarms throbbed. Mustering all the energy I could, I peeled my clothes off, groaning in pain. I lay on one side of the bed, the cool sheets refreshing 
my burning body. Dear God, help me, I silently pleaded, before falling asleep once again. Thanks to the help of the receptionist at my hotel, I now sat at the doctor's office, groaning in agony as she touched the protrusions under my arms. Your hair follicles are inflamed, she declared, along with your lymph nodes. Do you wear synthetic clothing? I explained the sporting clothes I usually wore. Your skin isn't breathing, she continued. You probably cut yourself while shaving, and with all the sweat and the bacteria that's trapped by the synthetic clothing, you developed an infection. Do you feel any unusual lumps in your breasts? What does that have to do with my underarms? I asked in alarm. As she examined my breasts, she explained that the breasts feed the lymph nodes under the, uh, my arms, and so if the nodes are plugged, then it was possible that the breasts could become infected too. You don't have any lumps or unusual swelling, she announced, removing her gloves. Have you had a fever in the last 24 hours, she asked. I nodded, now feeling a little bit more nervous. A fever is usually an indication of an abscess, a serious infection. If the lymph nodes are blocked and fluid builds up in your breasts, then the infection may spread to your blood, causing a major complication. I'm going to prescribe an antibiotic cream for your underarms and antibiotic pills for your infection. The infection is severe. I'm not sure the pills will do anything. I would recommend that you rest for the next few days. If you don't feel better by then, then you will need to have surgery to drain the nodes. With medication in hand, I returned to my hotel and slept, feeling desperately alone and wishing that Alberto was with me. The next 36 hours were a blur. I had no concept of day or night, just waking and sleeping, shivering and sweating. I watched endless movies in Croatian, unable to understand anything, but feeling grateful for the company. I nibbled on bread and crackers and sipped some water, praying that the antibiotics would take effect. Late the second day, my phone rang and I picked it up expectantly. Monica, Monica, Fra Ante laughed. I greeted him through tears that couldn't be contained in a voice that was weary and thirsting for human contact. His laughter turned to concern when I explained about the infection and possible need to operate. Do not worry, he assured. I know several good doctors. I will make some phone calls and let you know. Within the hour, he called again to say, I have called a friend who lives near your hotel. His name is Fra Drago, and he is also a priest. He will come by your hotel at nine o'clock tomorrow morning to take you to the hospital. After that, you can stay with him or return to Karlobag to recuperate. I wept for a long time, my heart unburdening its deepest fears into my tears. I would experience many miracles during this journey, but this particular incident holds a special place in my heart, for in my darkest hour, I saw revealed the grace and unconditional love of the powers that accompanied me. Fra Drago was picking me up in an hour, and I wanted to make a presentable first impression. The face in the mirror that looked back at me hardly seemed my own. My face was ashen, my eyes swollen and underlined with dark circles. 
My hair was slick with oil and sweat and stuck out at odd angles. I stank, and so did my clothing. There was nothing to do, however, except sprinkle on some extra baby powder. I carried my backpack like a suitcase, unable to lift my arms high enough to slip it on. As I finished checking out, a man of shorter build walked in and looked around expectantly. He looked to be in his 50s and wore street clothing, but what most stood out about him was the shock of frizzy gray hair atop his head. Seeing my backpack, he came towards me, his smile wide and welcoming. You must be Monica, he said in broken Italian, shaking my hand. I am Fra Drago. I will be taking you to the hospital. Fra Drago drove quickly, and soon we were in the hospital, maneuvering through the gleaming antiseptic-smelling halls. At one of the doors, he stopped and knocked. The door immediately opened. Hello, Monica, the doctor said in English. I've been expecting you. I recounted the details of my infection as I lay down and slipped my arms out of my sleeves. The doctor lifted one arm above my head and started pushing down on the bumps, pinching them between his thumbs. I stifled a cry and gritted my teeth. He lifted my other arm and continued poking around. Some of these nodes are about five centimeters in diameter, he declared, but I don't want to operate just yet. Stay on these antibiotics a little bit longer. Ice the infected area. If the swelling hasn't gone down in three days, or if it gets worse, then we will operate. Today is February the 21st. I want you to return in two days, prepared for surgery, just in case. I still hoped I wouldn't need surgery, but after this experience, knew that if I did, I would do so in Croatia. I updated Fra Ante who supported my decision to stay with Fra Drago in his home near Šibenik and not to return to Karlovac. I needed to feel closer to Medjugorje and to an Alberto who I imagined would soon be there. I was given a private room intended to by two caring nuns. One named Dolores only spoke Croatian and especially fussed over me. She taught me some Croatian words and laughed joyfully every time I used them. The words Moja Draga Monica rolled off her lips constantly, words that I finally understood to mean, my dear Monica. She prepared my meals, washed my clothes, made me cookies and cakes, and reminded me to ice my underarms and take my medicine. I felt as if I was at home. During those first two days, My headaches and weakened state persisted. I awoke often at night, alternating between chills and fever. With the antibiotic cream, bits of skin started peeling off. My underarms looked like the stringy insides of a pumpkin, and I feared that I would need to operate after all. I used my time to stretch and to practice light yoga postures, but I sensed that my body needed care that went beyond the physical. I saw moments of solitude and sat in stillness, doing nothing more than breathing. Every breath brought a deepening connection to a divine stream of healing that I imagined flowing all around me. Breath became the carrier of that energy, 
a golden light that I visualized penetrating every cell of my body, regenerating it, restoring it back to its natural state. My body tingled in response, confirming that this beautiful energy was indeed flowing through me. The evening before my appointment, I was able to touch my underarms without wincing and to lift my arms just slightly above my shoulders. I slept that entire night without fever or chills. The swelling has gone down to about two centimeters, the doctor said. Your skin is healing nicely and the old infected layers are falling away. The fact that you no longer have a fever means that the infection is clearing up. Still, I want you to continue on antibiotics for another 10 days, just to be sure. I whooped in delight. No more shaving or deodorant, he continued with a smile. Only baby powder on your underarms. Wear only natural fibers. If you continue healing this quickly, you can start walking again in two or three days. The days that followed were a blur of well-wishers and friends of Fra Drago, many of whom spoke English, stopping by to say hello. Fra Drago also arranged several interviews, including one for the evening news on Croatian national television, all of which fanned the flames of the message of peace I was proclaiming. I delighted in the exchanges and the effort that was being made to make my stay comfortable. It was finally February 25th, and Alberto was on my mind all day. We hadn't spoken since Karlobag more than two weeks earlier. During dinner, my phone rang. I picked it up, expecting Fra Ante making his daily call. Buena sera, I chirped in greeting. Hola, Saracena, was the reply. Alberto, I cried out. I can't speak for very long, he said, deep laughter warming his voice. I just want you to know that I'm in Medjugorje. I'm here. I made it. I have so many things to tell you. Amazing things. Where are you now? I'm just outside Shibenik, I said. I've been here almost a week recovering from a serious infection. What? He said, sounding worried. I'm okay now, I replied. I'm well taken care of but I'll be starting to walk again tomorrow. I have about 250 kilometers to go. I don't know how long it'll take me to get to you. Will you wait for me? Of course I will, he replied. I want you to know that this experience was very important for me. It wasn't always easy, but I know now that I can walk alone. I want to walk with you, though, and arrive in Jerusalem together. Me too, I replied warmly. I have so much to tell you, too. But you were right about us separating. I have to go, he said reluctantly. Write down this number and call it when you get closer to Medjugorje. I'll be waiting for you. Alberto had arrived, and I would be starting towards him the next day.